Welcome to the lessons episodes of Success Story. These lessons episodes will be shorter clips from past guests, accomplished value community members, and myself. In each short episode, we'll feature concise and insightful, actionable conversations and tactics, providing you with real-world strategies and tips to help you achieve your personal and professional goals. If you're seeking a no-nonsense approach to growth and progress, you've come to the right spot. Settle in, take notes, and enjoy. I absolutely love this. So hostage negotiation, that's your background. And the communication that takes place during a hostage negotiation, a lot of stress, uh, a lot of confrontation, but a lot of these lessons that you pull out of uh, your background and, and hostage negotiation, if you learn how to communicate effectively in that environment, can definitely translate into a high-stress business negotiation, or even just some sort of fight or disagreement where you have to communicate at an effective level, but you're stressed out. It's not a normal circumstance. So what are the lessons that you've learned in hostage negotiation that parlay into uh, day-to-day, high-stress, high-conflict communication? And how do you have that productive conversation when you're not understanding, you're not on the same wavelength, same level? And and that's that's the first principle I talk about, understand. And we, we've become really adverse to listening to someone else. And this starts with having the mindset that you are willing to tolerate and listen to a point that's different from your, your own. And when I mean listen to it, I mean thoughtfully working to understand what they believe by asking questions and exploring what they're saying and how they're saying it to, to have an appreciation for who they are. And I think that we as a society have really become afraid of this to say, I'm not going to listen to your point of view, because if I listen to it, I'm afraid that I might have to believe it or accept it. We have this fear that we might have to change, that we we might have to break out of what we know and what we believe. So to have an open mind and come in with, with a blank slate to say, you know what, help me understand you and make it not about yourself, make it, it's not about me, it's about you to be thoughtful and, and asking these engaging questions. And then, you know, at maybe a higher level, studying their expressions, micro expressions, body language. So you can do some behavioral analysis to see, you know, do we have some um, deception in here or is this all legit? Is everything pretty consistent? So the very first step, not under pressure, is let's let's take time to, number one, give someone our attention, put down your phone, put down the computer, quit multitasking and give them your uh, complete attention and and be interested in them. And rarely, rarely do we see this in society anymore. Why outside, like, why is there such an aversion to, because I think the root cause of this, like you mentioned, is for people to not want to accept or, or fear of ex- having to open up their mind to other opinions. I, I don't know the answer to this. This is probably a much more deeper, you know, higher level philosophical conversation, but... Do you have a, a, an opinion as to why people um, have such an aversion to that? I think it's because people don't want to admit that we don't know as much as we think we do. It, it's much more comfortable to have a, a certain base level knowledge about something and say, well, I believe this. And I formed an opinion based on a, a very small amount of knowledge. And it's really a lot more easy to feel something than it is to truly think about something and learn and analyze and come up with a thoughtful opinion and position on whatever issue it is. And 
people don't like to be challenged. We don't like to feel that uncertainty. We're afraid of being embarrassed. We're afraid of, you know, saying, you know what, I just don't know the answer to this. I'm not sure why I feel like this. I'm not sure where I learned this piece of information. So none of us really want to have to defend what we know or what we believe. So I think that that's a big piece in why we're not willing to really engage someone in a, a thoughtful conversation. We, we don't want to say, you know what, I, I don't know that. And, you know, what you're saying does make sense. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to agree with it. But what you're saying has a lot of merit. And maybe that's something that I need to consider. Now, that's that's funny because um, that that's essentially saying the key to winning an argument, if you know winning, I put that term in quotations and air quotes, the key to winning an argument is actually allowing yourself to know that you could be wrong because you cannot understand someone if that's the case, if you aren't willing to open up to them. And you're saying that's the basic uh, that's the basic premise of of getting what you'd like. You have to be able to understand someone and make them feel heard. Right. Absolutely. And from a negotiation standpoint. How can I solve a problem if I don't know what it is? Mm-hmm. I think one of the killer lines in, in any discussion is, well, I understand. No, you don't understand. And even if you think you understand by saying, well, I understand, you're really invalidating that person. It's, it's an insensitive thing to say and really is going to get them to shut down to say, how can you possibly understand? I've just shared with you a couple sentences about my life. How can you come back to me and say, well, I understand your situation? Now, if you have some similarities, if you have um, something that, that you can share with them, then try and figure out that timing piece and figure out, you know, at what point would it be right for me to say, you know what, I've had a similar uh, experience. Let me share this with you. So that the second, the second big piece of, of timing is trying to get right of when, when it is your time to share with them that maybe you have an understanding or at least an interest and what they have to say. So how do you how do you map out when that? So the first piece is understand. So that's that's right. one that we just sort of went into. So the second piece is timing. You're saying. So how do we how do we understand when that timing is? What's the threshold for understanding enough? <clears throat> well, for me, timing like this is the strategy piece for me, and it's it's not always about tactics at the table. I think that your power in negotiation comes from information and options. So I'm trying to grow the information that I have. And in a conversation with somebody, that could be, you know, just listening one-on-one. But when we're doing a a high-level police negotiation, I'm working with an entire team. So I've got people behind me, behind the scenes, that are digging every piece of information they can on this person. And that should absolutely be happening in business negotiations as well, to get information, because that's going to put you in a stronger position. The same with options. The more options I can grow on my side, And the more options that I can take away from the other side is really going to put me in in a much more powerful position to say, now I'm going to introduce an idea or a thought for your consideration. So I think that it's it's really kind of a a balance of once I've gathered a good amount of information about the the situation, I've asked a number of questions and my open-ended questions are not um, really yielding a whole lot of new information. Um, Anything that I can inquire from expressions that I see, anything that I can inquire from body language that, that I might be able to, you know, dip my toe into a question about, hey, I, I get the sense that you're a little bit uncomfortable when you talk about this particular area. And I'm not, I'm not sure that you can ever run out of good questions to ask, 
but uh, the questions, they become more narrow. They, I think they should work from open-ended questions and, and become a little bit more focused um, as you go on. But I think that it's, it's really going to come from the experience of, of understanding that I've gotten some good information, I have a number of different options that I can use, and, and now I'm in a good position to start um, implementing a good strategy of, of when I'm going to deliver uh, my message. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 